2: Celebrate.
3: There it is. Redemption for Golden State.
0: One of the great playoff runs of all time is complete.
1: We're back. Uh, Andy Lou, Light Years Podcast, Sam Fendiari. What
2: episode are we on? 37. War- Warrior legend, Nick Van Exel. Nick Van Exel is like a reminder of just, you remember like when you're a bad team and you get like a marginally good player who is on a better team and like you hype it up but then they, they come to your crappy 20-win team and... You know, they, they're they just checked out. They're like, I'm just here to collect my check because no one was willing to pay me. Yeah, that wonder, was the Nick Van Axel experience.
1: I wonder who. So that, that's the entirety of the Sacramento Kings uh, in, in 2017. Phoenix Suns,
2: like like Tyson Chandler's, <laughs> like stuff like that. Um You Must know, it's nice. like – and it rotates like, you know, um like the Orlando Magic with a flaw getting into a fight tonight. Like a flaw of, just kind of like, oh, I'll I'll just collect my check here, you know.
1: Yo, we gotta talk about that a little bit later on. Now that you bring it up, we'll wait to introduce our guests later. But yeah, that was that was something that <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think just because people are calling us off, they're going off now. But we'll, we'll go into that. What I want to do is introduce you as the guy that's pissing off everyone, huh? <laughs> We've got Mister Mister Nash. You got national media uh, coming at you.
2: Is What's Nick is Nick Red actually national media? sports one that I, think, I mean but does, does he, he actually, that, does is he actually cover shot. anything or does he just have uh he covers lebron <laughs> um yeah i don't know i was just i was just glad to get a shout out i didn't know <laughs> i didn't know that my voice carried such volume that my my tweets triggered so many souls <laughs>
1: you know what the thing is like he's a troll like
2: i i he, he's not
1: i don't i think he's smart i think he's someone that knows what he's talking about if he tried i don't think he tries he just trolls and covers everything like how we do well you know Steph- it's it's stuff in the war it's
2: actually it's a little more than that like he's talked about it and i, I think Stephen a and a couple other people it's like th- those shows they do like it, it's it's a total bit you know Yeah. and and that's fine like i mean it's not like we don't do our own bit on a much exactly. smaller scale <laughs> but um, <laughs> exactly but I mean, hey, you got you got to you got to pick your lane. You know, Skip Bayless got famous off of like pretending LeBron was you know basically Scottie Pippen with a with a shoe deal. Like I guess Scottie had a shoe deal. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, and then like you know someone's got to go the opposite way where LeBron can do no wrong. You know, no no one wants the nuanced. You know, LeBron's really good, but in certain situations he's not the greatest. But you in most it. situations he's pretty great.
1: You gotta admit though, two things. That's smart. One, riding along LeBron's coattails. Number two though, giving you a shout out like that, like, come on, man, you got you got no troll when you see one. You guys are like Spider Man memeing together. <laughs> I'm just happy that I wasn't caught in it, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, well, you he, he, he got cheat
2: too. He got cheat too, but I mean, she's 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 the legend in the streets. Everyone knows about him. I was surprised you didn't catch it. I don't know.
1: I was telling you earlier, dude, like, Asian people, they don't catch criticism. That's just how we work, man. Like, Model nobody – we, we just – yeah, <laughs> exactly. People, like, just kind of assume, like, we're not going to do anything bad or wrong and just catch nothing. They just expect us to be cool. So he probably don't even know who I am. I'm better for it, you know? Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? like a Steph three. That's why draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me more than 1 million people that have already downloaded draft to play in a real live draft site right now, be done under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second. So you can join one whenever you want.
2: And Andy is not exaggerating when he says in five minutes, I was skeptical. I signed up, got, got the draft done in about five minutes and boom, my lineup was set for that night. And I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it.
1: Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code, LightYears. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code, LightYears. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering LightYears pod listeners a money back guaranteed up to $100.
2: It's basically free money. Enter the code Years. They're guaranteeing you up to a hundred dollars. So, by your first few plays are going to be free. And if you win, you get to pocket that money. What, what do you guys have to lose?
1: So just go search draft app store, go to draft.com
2: and come play free right now with LightYears. Promo code LightYears.
1: Right, we got a guest this week. Uh, the only non-white vegan that I know, or at least know online, somehow has blonde <laughs> hair now. Big yes. proponent of drinking water, and of course, co-founder of Leverage the Chat. Nice enough to have us on now. Black Trey, how's it going? What's going on, fellas? Thank you for having me. Good to have you on, man. It's been it's been a we've had I think five, six, seven episodes uh for for having you want so i what i i have one question to start off what's because i listened to all the the pause that you've done from then to now how do you know like almost every single person like nba players from you know baron davis guys that aren't in the nba to guys now you seem to have a story for everything now you don't have to tell us but i'm just curious like what you
4: um. So uh, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, because I mean, <laughs> you, you asked me the question. So um, I used to actually play basketball, and at one point in time, you know, uh, Los Angeles being a predominant uh, uh, pool of talent, oh. um, um, pretty much you just kind of brush. I played in the Drew league a couple times, and you know, a couple of my friends are professional athletes. Um, so you know, just actually just hanging out with them and just you know being cool with most of the guys that's in the league. You know, I kind of built those relationships. And it just kind of, like, spread. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, kind of like a family tree. Kind of a brotherhood, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I became a, a, the, the professional best friend as, like, uh, Bobby Brown is right now on the Houston Rockets, I suppose.
2: Ah, oh, but they, they didn't get you the contract like Bobby, huh?
4: It definitely didn't get me the contract. <laughs> the, the closest thing I got to uh NBA contract was uh, in uh, – 2011 lockout. I was trying to make the Milwaukee Bucks summer league team, but the lockout occurred. So uh, after that, yeah, I kind of ended my NBA hopes. Yeah, well,
2: look well, farther than Andy and I got. So, Can't see anything there.
1: Yeah. so that you said. Well, me and said were like, hey man, we used to hoop, but it's like high school. So.
2: Yeah. So now, now that we have a
1: real guy on the pod, now we gotta like tone it down a little bit. So we'll see <laughs> where it goes. <laughs> we're we're gonna jump right into last. Night. I think everybody's been been kind of talking about it. I think. 25 different people have written about it in the past 10 hours or 24 hours. Um, is this rivalry dead? The Cavs and the Warriors after what happened last night?
4: Uh, I, don't, I never considered it a rivalry because, I mean, with the rivalry, you have to go really back and forth. And uh, it's been pure domination on the, on the Warriors' behalf. Um, like, I mean, obviously, LeBron's been to the final seven times consecutively. And you have to respect that, but still, you have to beat those teams. And I think, you know, it was pretty impressive for him to win in uh, 20, was that 2015? 2016. Okay, 2016. And, you know, like I said, that that's impressive. But, I mean, for it to be a rival, it would have to be, you know, at least, you know, where they, they go back and forth. You win one, they win one, you win one. It's been one-sided. It, you know, he, he, he stole one in in that year, and, and it's it's never been the same after that. So,
2: I feel like it died the minute Kyrie requested a trade, too. Because, like, it's not like um, in the last finals, like, they were clearly overmatched. But at least with LeBron and Kyrie, you could see, like, hey, if they made one move around those guys or something, it could be a competitive series again. And it's just, like, losing Kyrie while the Warriors are getting better, the gap between the two teams is just so far that it's, it's not even, like, I mean, it's fun to watch because LeBron always, you know, kind of goes at it and treats it as a, you know, important game. Like he clearly doesn't like losing to the Warriors or anything, uh, but it's just not realistic to think that they can actually make a series out of the Warriors.
4: Yeah. Um, The thing is too, that a lot of people fail to realize is that it doesn't even start with uh, um, pretty much players or the coaching staff. It starts with the whole entire organization. You know, and a lot of people get tired of playing all these analysts or people that cover sports, uh, praise, uh, praise, pretty much praise the Warriors and don't really give other teams credit. But, I mean, you have to give credit where it's due, Um, you know, from Lake up to down the line to the trainers and everything. Like, it's a culture there. Those guys actually like being around each other. And when you're trying to piece a team up, just like the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing to compete with these teams, it's not necessarily easy just because on the, it's a name on the paper. You know, realistically, a lot of people say, oh, well, they got this person and they got this person, but you still have to build that chemistry on the floor. A lot of guys have, you know, just because they're talented don't mean they're going to be able to play together. Um, and that's the thing that uh, the system Steve Kerr and the Warriors <laughs> have created is that you can plug in certain guys that fit that role, and it's also accountability there. You know what I mean? Like, you add a Nick Young who's known for a fun personality, but you got the David West that's actually checking that dude um, and being serious. Also, you got Draymond Green that's holding guys accountable. So, um, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's accountability and, you know, everybody's jockeying for the position as far as competing. You know what I mean? Looney's trying to get some minutes. Bell's trying to get some minutes. You know what I mean? It's not it's not too many teams that go that deep.
1: We. So- because that—that's a good point. That's actually where we're gonna go to next. Or, from top down, we're gonna go organization. Because Winhurst had a uh, piece on how the Spurs dealt with LaMarcus Aldridge and how the Cavs—the uh, Cavs—and well, LeBron. Because part of it was that he didn't speak to him anything like that with Kyrie. Um, so what I wanted to go with and our theory is that LeBron can be pretty overrated as a leader or as someone or as someone that's running the team, right? That's one that's making decisions or has the overall power on the team. Um, right. So, cause I think my overall point is that when we compare Steph as someone, obviously as someone that we think is, is better um, <laughs> or as someone that leads better, um, it's that he allows people to kind of make those decisions and doesn't ask for control. There are times where he could have, I think, with Durant or maybe getting Kevin Love over Clay, things like that. But he doesn't. He kind of leaves that to Myers or or Lake. uh, But LeBron doesn't. So part of that, our theory, is that that actually works out of the favor for the Cavs and LeBron. And that's kind of put him in this situation.
4: Yeah. Um, You know, to question his leadership and everything else, too, Like I think he's a pretty good leader, but also a lot of people don't like to be uh, held accountable on those standpoints. Hmm. And He is like, uh, hey, I did it, so you guys need to follow suit. And it's only a few guys that can actually be his minion. So um, it gets to a point where certain guys are kind of just tired of it, and I think that was the situation with uh, Kyrie Irving. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs)
3: You What Waz are you right doing now? right now? <laughs> Man.
4: Yeah, I am, with I am with Waz, but I'm actually uh, in the neighborhood. Like, you know what I mean? So my window's open. I have to close it. Damn, um, we should have
1: had him on too then. <laughs>
4: yeah, super funny. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, the culture is pretty bad because now you don't actually have a coach that's stepping in and telling LeBron to shut up and allowing him to coach versus him being the coach on the floor, which everyone tends to praise, but it's also a negative, you know? Because now no one's really holding him accountable. Yeah, when he's like out there doing it, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I already have looked looked forward towards the summer, and I was like, my on my wish list is for LeBron to join the San Antonio Spurs and yeah. finally get with a coach that can hold him accountable that he respects so dearly, and not a coach that he can step in when he wants and make those decisions.
2: Yeah, I really hope he doesn't go to the Lakers for that standpoint because it, they're just going to give him all the control to do whatever he wants. And then he got all these young players and he got like the entire LA circus around it, which will just kind of like magnify every little thing. And it I, I just don't see how that would be a great situation.
4: I don't know. Be great yeah. for us. Be great I mean, for it'd be, it yeah, it'd be entertaining
2: us. as hell. I'm not going to lie. I, I get <laughs> endless material. But...
4: Yeah. I mean, he's been rumored to join so many other teams, but like you said, I mean, this year it's going to take a lot. I think the only way the Warriors actually, uh, fall off is by them beating themselves and you know like that's father time and injuries and and a lot of stuff you know of course steph's been dealing with injuries this year more than most um but those guys have been plug in and plug out you know what i mean you know when steph goes down katie steps up when katie's been out steph steps up so you know what i mean like it's and even some of the bench guys have gained confidence so that's a scary it's a scary team to see man i mean you know, like I'm not mad at – I used to be mad at first when KD joined because I just wanted to, you know, see KD go up and at it with the Warriors and stuff like that. But now I'm just kind of used to it, you know. I don't look at – I don't view them as a super team. I just view them as a team that uh, hmm. is well-managed.
1: That that might be the so, – so for us, we always argue – me and Sam, we don't argue – we always sadly admit that the seasons get pretty boring though. Like, we, I got to cover the home games and, and you know, watching every game like that, it gets kind of to the point where, well, actually, the new thing, the new theme for the Warriors now is that if Steph isn't playing, it's just not exciting anymore. I don't know how many Warriors games you watch, um, but this is a real thing that's happening across the across most if not all warriors fans is that they just you know won't show up or just won't watch games that steph so is you playing. guys
2: are gonna drive katie out of town Mitch, Mitch, yeah, <laughs> like,
4: it's pretty much a spoiler scenario though you know what i mean it takes back to the lakers winning uh going three peats right yeah. and i was just like oh my god i can't watch sports anymore because if these <laughs> dudes get four pete i'm never going to hear it you know what i mean being me being from los angeles and also going i was in high school at that time when they were like dominating so i didn't watch the nba at all um i don't feel that way now because it's so much young talent that i just separated the warriors from everyone else i say okay they're elite and they'll see them in june and i'll watch their games in june but as of right now i'm watching the future of the nba and that's kind of what i focus on you know what i mean like i know you know um and and it's, it's different basketball you know what i mean like you love threes and you love you know, even even going to those arenas, like I was around that team that um, was led by Stack Jack and Monte Ellis before when oh. Monte actually had the uh, moped accident. So I used to have full access to the Oracle. I was on a family pass. Hmm. I stayed over there by Lake Merritt. You know what I'm saying? The the bad nice. Warrior years. You know, Demarcus Neal. Oh, those uh, are Nelson. my favorite
2: years. Those were I was in what? um I was in college. That was like the first good Warrior team I'd seen in my lifetime. And they're <laughs> they they're they're an eight seed. They were just like yeah. barely deep they're they're just competitive good you know they had that one playoff series and everything but like yeah that that's that one for anyone i I think we're about the same age trey for anyone around our age who's fallen the warriors that team that team and the first warriors title team with Steph are probably the two that have the most emotional attachment
4: yeah yeah i mean definitely i mean it definitely created a great energy um i remember during the time that was the that was the first time I actually learned NBA politics and how things were ran, where they had Al Harrington uh, listed as back spasms, but him and Nelly just didn't get along, and they were trying to move him. And you know what I mean? Like, I was actually getting to see that, and I was like, wow, this is how the NBA works. This shit is trash. You know what I mean? Like, I really was so upset. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I we... used to – I used to drink with Don Nelson, dude, <laughs> at, the, uh, at the at at the the building, dude. So it was like it's a funny scenario. I mean, yeah, like, looking at it over? back now um yeah he used to be nelly used to be coaching drunk dude that was hilarious yeah. um yeah that like was like one of we, those
2: things that everyone around the team knew just and called just Goose.
4: <laughs> you know so um those were actual fun times and you know i mean like i'm I, like i said I'll, I'll never hate on the Warriors because i was around during those negative times and i actually had the root for the Warriors because my best friend at the time marcus williams was uh a, a part of that team so you know I was oh, like, he was... okay well
2: i'm the root one he was he was a big time in Nelly's doghouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: ever since the China trip, ever since yeah. the China trip, you know what I mean it was it was so funny because I would sit in those practices. You know, at least a little different now. But in those practices, they would play one on one. Him and Stag Jack would playing on the side, and I was just looking like this is what being in the NBA is like. Because you know I was a collegiate player at the time. I was uh, supposed to go to Notre Dame, Dayton, and Yeah.
3: And I kind
4: of like ended up pulling out of that situation. Um, so I stuck around in Oakland for a while. Um, but yeah, man, you know what I mean? Like I'm happy for what the the Warriors success. Yeah. Sometimes it does get boring watching those games because it's kind of predictable. You kind of look at it like they're not going to lose. Um, and I think sometimes Steph does gamble or whoever it may be gambles because out of boredom just to make things challenging, you know, that behind the back pass is just kind of something that he just tries, even though it drives Warrior fans crazy. Yeah, I think it's just something to just kind of try.
2: And I swear now, half of the reason Kerr um, just kind of puts some weird-ass rotations and lineups in there is just purely to kind of, like, spice up the game and, and get guys to, like, focus in some way. Like, let's see what what combination to get through out there to force them to actually try instead of just go on, you know, autopilot.
1: No, Now, Trey, I wasn't covering the team back then, so you got to let me know if you figured out the politics <laughs> on why Nelly used to play AC Law over Steph, so – um, no, that, was, um, that was
2: Keith Smart. Oh, no,
1: yeah, that was Keith Smart. That's yeah, funny. that was Keith no, Smart. Nelly, so, loved, uh,
4: Nelly loved Steph. That's Keith right, Smart that's right. Smart actually, uh, the reason why, like, I mean, they just really, you know, think about Steph when Steph dealt with so many ankle injuries and then also with Steph uh, just not doing what Keith Smart really wanted him to do as far as defense and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he was still getting to, like, know his way around the NBA. He yeah, was, like, mean?
2: 150 like, pounds at that point, too. Yeah, he, he just really you know, guard, guard not that body.
4: He was still, you know, like, it was, I mean, I always joke with Brandon. I said, you have 55 on Steph. Now, look, at Steph had 50 on you guys when you played for the Orlando Magic." <laughs> so, it's, you know, I mean, like, um, you know, it, development sometimes. You know, a lot of people didn't even believe Steph was going to be the player he was. I honestly, I would argue with his friend Chris Kosizi all the time on Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can check my old tweets where I'm like, man, where's this, this is not going to get it done? You know what I mean? Like, this is not that good. You know what I mean? But he really was like, yo, my man's my man, nice. And I'm like, you know, because I was a fan of Davidson, but like the pros, yeah. I'm like, eh, they probably missed one, you know? Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about it, this
2: with Andy so much. Like, I actually, in Steph's rookie year, he um, basically, whenever, whenever Monte basically checked out on the season, I think he... He, he, he got some ankle injury, and then it, it became like 20 games out, which was clearly more of a political thing than an actual injury. Like, Steph kind of lit it up then, and I was like, okay, he, he, he could be a nice player, but I, even from that point on, I had no idea he would be anything more than like a good starter at best. Like just exceeded my wildest dreams. Nobody
1: believed in him, man. <laughs> Besides, no one, like, even Del people and Sonia. who
2: even people who liked him didn't think he was good. Yeah, yeah. American.
4: And that was the main thing. Like, I mean, if, if somebody if somebody said that they believed in Steph, they're a liar. I, I just, for sure. You know, I mean, they're they're a liar to your face because I mean, it just wasn't you know there. You know, what I mean, the AC Law had some stints, and obviously, it didn't pan out for him. But AC AC was so physical and could do one could guard one, two, three at that point. I mean, he wasn't crazy big or towering or anything like that, but it just worked out. So, um, you know, I'm glad that everything panned out for Steph.
2: We gotta go back into the uh, then the the oh seven oh eight Nelly stories. I got I gotta get some good ones out of you now. Um, those are, I don't, I don't know, Nelly's for at least for for most of the fan base I know they just he's. He was like the first good thing that happened to the Warriors, so they kind of see him with rose-colored glasses. Oh my God! Know, some the, people
1: still love him. Yeah, right? it's just yeah, like they see they him like them. as
2: some sort of like basketball prophet who knew everything, and you know he he came up with everything, and um, but th- there was. A, I don't even know where to go with this, but there's a, there's
1: a segment of warriors fans. Like that would like him that are, that would be like, you know what? If we had to make a choice, maybe one season between Steve Kerr and Don Nelson, they would go Nelly just cause it's like, you know what? They'll play up and down. There'll be no, like, there'll be no backdoor screens for Steph. It's going to be pick and (laughs) roll. Draymond's going to play center for 48 minutes. Right. And they're just going to run. Like he's going to play Jordan Bell nonstop. Either that or he's going to fuck up his career by messing with his mind, one or the other. And he's just going to run, like not, and they're going to drop like 150, right? And and not play any defense. (laughs) But that's what Warriors fans are used to. I mean, like they like the excitement part. Like uh, I don't want to say it this way, but like the stuff that nowadays, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's spoiled. Like we're spoiled. What was done back then in just terms of entertainment, that was what, you know being a warriors fan meant right none of this stuff now is really it's not what a true like you know warriors fan kind of feels right this is all new this is this Like that. But what happened back then in terms of Anthony Randolph, Andres Biedrins, you know?
4: Shout out to Randolph, man. (laughs) I remember he used to be called a crybaby. He would cry all the time, dude. You know, he was the youngest on the team. I think he was 19 years old at the time. He was the
2: youngest guy in the uh, league back then, yeah. And
4: and we had a funny funny little crew. uh, So it's Marcus Williams, my guy Tyrus, uh, Anthony Morrow, who was actually not on a guaranteed contract at the time. He was still trying to make the team. And then I think after he had 37 on the Clippers, he end up, you know, getting the guarantee contract. You know what I mean? Uh and Yeah, then, no, that's uh, right.
2: He was he was a camp invite who just shot the lights out in camp, so he got a non-guarantee. Yeah. And then he And he, he was
4: the MVP during the Utah uh Summer League. Right.
2: And yeah. then he just I, I remember that game against the Clippers because I was like uh, I got a text from my friend. It was like a noon game on a Saturday and I was I wasn't about to watch you know, the two teams that were probably going to get the top two picks in the draft play. And yeah. It's like, dude, this rookie's lighting it up for the Warriors. And I'm like, oh, St- Steph? And I turn it on, I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> it's Anthony Morrow.
4: Yeah, and then we had Jamario Davidson. And uh, <laughs> who else was there? I think that was it. Oh, and then we would always hang out with Rico, Rico Hines because he was a part of the coaching staff at the time. So – um yeah, it was just, it was interesting, man. It was some times where you're like, dude, you know, like I said, it was my first time being around like an NBA professional team. So I didn't like know what to expect. I always thought these guys were like always serious and stuff. And that, that was the matter plan for Nelly. You know what I mean? As long as you showed up and did your thing. I mean, it was guys like Rob Kurz and Ronnie Turioff on the team. You <laughs> uh, can go down the line. It was super random. It was like one of those teams where you missed a fantasy draft and, you just end up with players like, yeah, he
2: just went, just weren't that great. They man. just had a, they had a record number of just guys getting called up on Chris Hunter. Um, who else on that
1: team? Yeah, I yeah. had, had had you can name every single person. Trey, I, would, I would have came prepared with a whole <laughs> oh, list I mean, of
4: you know what I'm saying? like a lot of people attest and say, Oh, well, you be hating on the warriors, like, dude, I was down with the warriors when they were like <laughs> trash, you know what I'm saying, respectively, but. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, you, I, you guys are new to the party, but, you know, uh, when I did the Oakland Live show, I told a story about me getting into it with Monte, um, you know, oh. during his injury.
2: Repeat that story I, then.
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> man, I, th- I think it's kind of drawn out. But I, well, let's just say we we're, were hanging out in uh, San Francisco at Pink Diamonds and uh, <laughs> myself, uh, Stag Jack, and uh, Anthony Morrow and Monte Ellis and a couple of my friends. Uh we're out for Jamarcus Russell's birthday party and um, the porn star pinky was uh actually entertaining that night dancing and uh, a couple others and I actually uh got into it because Monte was throwing money like making it rain and the money kept falling on me so I was getting I was getting annoyed because I mean I felt it was very disrespectful but I mean you know we were under influence and stuff like that so um it is what it is, but you know what I mean? Like it was, it was a good time, but I just, you know, I I didn't really appreciate the the dollar bills landing on me. So, um, fair enough at that time. I just, I just let him, let him know how I felt, but you know, Steven Jackson was the the moderator of the scenario and, and didn't let anything occur. Um,
1: Jackson was the moderator. Interesting.
4: Yeah, actually, that's the funny thing about it. Uh, you know, um, and then also, what is the, the lounge area after the games are called now? what is it called now? I know they renamed it. Oh, or
2: so
4: before it, it was something else, but it was the Corsair club. So we would go in there and Corsair club and Jack would either win or lose would come in there full uniform and say nothing but the best. Right. <laughs> and nothing but the best was like this patrol margarita. <laughs> and we would just get hammered, dude, like hammered, hammered, hammered. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it was, it was, it, like I said, it was a great time. It was a great time, but they, the words just sucked, you know? <laughs> and you know after was, they traded out that was Al, the whole marketing after they demo Al, it just went downtown <laughs> i just it just went it just went downhill from there
1: you go you go into that same lounge nowadays i used to go in there i've been covered 3 years so, i think nothing but nothing man, though dude you,
4: i wish you guys had Nova cuz i would tell you a step story but i did go <laughs> hang out uh last year and this was previous when i told my joke i you know i was joking around Uh, before last year, before last year's season um, about Durant's hair. And uh, I'm hanging out, you know, uh, I went to go see Steph and Seth play against each other. It was Mm -hmm. Dallas first, uh, before New Year's. It was Dallas first um, Golden State. And I'm sitting in the hallway waiting waiting on Seth and Steph to come out. And Chris Haynes sees me. And Chris Haynes, like, didn't recognize me. he never seen me, obviously. I'm anonymous on Twitter. And no Mm -hmm. one really knew what I looked like. And, you know, I'm barely showing my face now but um, I said yo what's up Chris and he's looking at me with this bugged out look and I'm like yo I'm black trade and he's like yo what are you doing here you're crazy you know what I mean he thinks that you know like the players got whiffed of me talking shit about him pretty much (laughs) and that you know I wouldn't be able to you know they are going to say something so the first person he sees me dap up is Draymond and then I dap up KD and he's bugged out like yo okay I get it that's what y'all do y'all joke you know what I'm saying? Like, right? I've joked, I've joked on Katie's hair, I've joked on Dre before, I've joked on a couple guys, so it's not, it's not nothing new, but it was just kind of hilarious, and then it was super random because Dan Dickow was there, and I was like, this is the most Hollywood shit ever the Warriors are doing now because it didn't used to be like that. It was nobody hanging around at that point back then, so you know, um, I can tell that when they move to San Francisco, it's going to be pretty uh, less uh, Oaklandish oh, in my wow. eyes. You know, because it's going to be more techy and you know it's, it you already know, is fan base it's, have you been but, to yeah. the
1: games yeah lately like I, the last couple I years
4: have, I oh, have, man. I have. it's definitely uh i mean it's entertaining to say the least um but you know it is what it is you know more power to the warriors and continued success um but like i said hopefully uh you know we get a competitive finals this year <laughs> you think Cle- already mar- you
2: think cleveland's gonna make it
4: to- uh, knowing LeBron yeah I mean you know they're going to go through their woes they're going to make a trade you know and they're going to think that they're going to you know I mean I've heard Lou Williams I've heard Kevin Love being moved to another team for another person but mm-hmm. honestly it's just you know like I said when when, you, when you're a shit show you got to make the best and, and, and patch up the bleeding I think they'll have enough to get by just because of veteran stuff um, but not enough to beat the Warriors I think this time it might not even be one game. It might be a four-game sweep. Personally,
2: yeah, I, I keep like wanting to say that like maybe Boston or Toronto can can knock them off. We get a different series, and then I like as much as I well, like. I mean, that's a, I, as honestly, much as I like Boston, you think so? That's worse.
4: That's worse. It doesn't work well. it doesn't work well.
2: Doesn't you, work well. You think they not, they're,
4: wa- not like, they're not even they're not even going to get up for them teams? It's going to be quick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and that's the that's a sad part of the state of basketball because it's kind of like okay, well we got to implement some type of rule. That's and fair. I don't want to, but I also don't want them to implement a whole strategy of like, hey, these got to we, we got to find a way to split these teams up or raise caps where teams can't afford people or luxury tax goes reverse. Right. I just.
2: I mean, I think it's just going to happen <laughs> organically in the next two years. Yeah. Like people, yeah, someone's going to get bored. Someone's gonna, yeah, the you money know. is going to get too big. Like, <clears <clears like, I don't know something. That's some still is, that's still
1: five total chips though, and or four someone's
2: months. or someone's just gonna start declining. Like I mean, right now, I mean, Seth, Seth's I gonna guess, turn thirty in a month. Katie, it's gonna, gonna be
1: Draymond if it's anyone though. Like it's it's gonna be drawn. Sure. I mean, Regardless right, right now each. he's like yeah.
2: icing his entire body at all times. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so. been
1: hurt the whole yeah. season. He just keeps yeah. playing for some okay. reason. Like, but he's yeah. been he's been fighting through back calves knees. I mean, but um, all right.
4: So I got a question for you guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to turn to Chira really quick. Let's go. Um, who makes the All Star team off the Warriors? Who does or doesn't? Who
2: does? I think, I think they're gonna get three. I think Draymond's gonna get left off.
4: Um, okay, I, 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 agree.
2: I think, I think Clay's gonna get it off the coach. Coaches love Clay yeah that's what and um it's no it's not no destructive draymond but like there's just a ton of really good forwards and bigs in the west um yeah I, I think they'll obviously steph and KD will get in like that's a lock um but i do think clay will get in and it's gonna it's gonna piss someone off you know it'll it'll end up with like uh dame not making it or lou will or someone some guard because the guard guard position so stacked
1: I think I actually think Dre will make it, uh, but I agree with you. I, I don't. I actually, for my selfish purposes, I would like for the fact that he's not going to make it just so, just to see how pissed he would get, just to see how petty he would get. Because I think he's a top ten player in the league, and I think he's a lot better than Clay in terms of like his overall impact on the game. Uh, well, maybe a, not
4: not a lot better. Maybe Dre's top ten and but- Clay's top twenty. But but do you reward that? Like I mean, for the unstatted stuff that he does, I mean, dude, I feel like that's kind of a courtesy. Uh, some some people uh, feel he's
2: the real point guard of the Warriors.
3: Uh, I
4: like, mean, yeah, he he is he is the point forward, respectively. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, I feel like taking is that corny shit that Atlanta did, and I just you know I mean like I feel like you still got to give credit to the guys that are leaving, putting their teams in playoff position. I know that the the slight and Instagram diss from Damian Lillard is going to be epic. If he's yeah. left off, um, he might even write up a song. Um,
2: <laughs> My thing is, then, there's like se- there's like seventeen or eight, there's seventeen or eighteen guys right. in the West who legitimately like it's deserve guys, it. it.
4: It's it's getting so sad that people are lobbying Lou Williams, and I love that what Lou Williams is doing right now. Eleven games, you know. Uh, I mean, he dropped fifty on the Warriors left. last week. Yeah, he had. I mean, respectively, that's cool. But a, a, a great game against the Warriors shouldn't get you a notch. Uh, I'm sorry. No, nah, he's I mean, not gonna come same close. Thing. But they got him over guys like Lillard and Chris Paul. And Buck, that's disrespectful. You know, like, yeah, it's, but it's getting to that point. shout out to basketball Twitter. I mean, the, the, the land of fake outrage. So, um, <laughs> you get to that point. That it's I mean, just that's like, just all dude, Twitter. man. Like, trust me. <laughs> I, if, if you really want to piss him off, man, just put Zaza in the game, bro. <laughs> that's what i got to
1: put Jeremy Lin in the game. If hey, it, the, that's only, the only player I've oh, thrown geez. an NBA vote
4: for is Zaza. So... Listen, Zaza was I'm surprised Zaza wasn't high this year. I think they kinda mandated like made sure that that didn't take off as much as it did, but I think he I would paid love to I see think Zaza he paid some choice. bot
2: farm because Georgia's not that big a country. I'm just I'm just not buying that like there's just that much like overzealous.
4: Hey, man. I'm voting for somebody named Zaza. Twenty twenty. <laughs> Zaza for twenty twenty president. Yeah. <laughs> um uh we were um so yeah, I mean I
1: hope I hope Somehow, I hope Dre doesn't get on. We'll see what he says. He's going to have a lot to say. His sound bites are going to be spectacular. But um, yeah, I mean, there's the just, other aspect of it. Clay. It's Like Draymond's
2: but, game is awesome, but it's also kind yeah, of, it's not really meant true. for an All Star game either. You know, <laughs> like,
4: hate I, to I, hate to jump in guys' pockets, but I would love for uh, the sneaker companies to uh, pretty much uh, uh, release the info of incentives that they need to have and and see what. You know what I mean? What what outrage would come out? You know what I mean? Like uh someone asked me the other day what uh James Harden contract entail, You know what I mean? Right. And, and and also, you know what I mean, if you guys I'm not sure if you got a chance to check out the nice cake's uh pod. We discussed uh James Harden's uh gown of this uh thirteen or two hundred million dollar contract.
3: And when yeah, people yeah. see the two
4: hundred, mainly people look at it as, Oh man, this is how much money a certain person gets. You don't initially get that until you mark off the accolades that your accomplishments that you're supposed to get and james has to win the mvp to get that 200 mil (laughs) so um you think he's going (sighs) to continue to miss games and that's why he's going to be playing like a madman when he returns on thursday yeah you Um, can
2: see it like he's always playing garbage time when when there's no reason for him to be out there
4: (laughs) and like steph's under steph's underarm situation is locked up because he's kind of like checked off everything that he needed that's what that makes that's why he don't give a shit about what happens he Yeah, I mean, it just really doesn't matter. I mean, even if his (laughs) shoe didn't even, like, hit the racks and, like, really clear off. Like, I mean, the three did terrible, right? And and the step four it's gotten great ground. I mean, I'm still mad that they didn't release it right after they won the championship. But, hey, I'm not around for that. They fucked that up
1: because that Um, shoe looks good.
4: That shoe was great. And uh, the funny story, the backstory behind that, we actually almost didn't get Steph that shoe. So, Steph was supposed to debut that shoe in Cleveland right before they left. Um, you know, I was in Oakland for, um, game one and game two, UA sent the shoe to be shot by Nick DePaola. We had the shoe and we were trying to hide the shoe. So no one would get a sneak picture of it before. Cause he was going to debut this shoe. Right. And, uh, he ended up not wearing them, but it was the gold pair he wore during the parade. <laughs> so we we're like just hanging out randomly in, uh, right there on telegraph and 16th or something like that. and just like shooting his pictures of the uh, shoe. Um, And we're like trying to hide it. And like people are looking like, yo, that's a nice shoe. And they don't even know it's the Curry Four.
1: Damn, that's wild. And now, well, now he's also got the number one best selling jersey.
4: Of course, man. Little kids love winners. (laughs) Little kids love winners because the year the Cavs won and Kyrie hit the shot, Kyrie's shoe did well, Kyrie's jersey did well. You're looking at it like, okay, and kids And cool. kids love
2: guards, too, because in their mind, oh, they yeah, the same size true. as them.
4: Absolutely. You're looking at little kids. They got on McDavid sleeves, McDavid uh, knee pads. I'm like, you ain't even got tendonitis. <laughs> you wearing all this stuff, Yo, man,
1: I have to wear all that shit, bro. Yo, but Kyrie, real quick, Kyrie's shoes are my favorite. I'm not a big shoe guy, but Kyrie's shoes are by far – Kyrie and Kobe's are the most comfortable. Um, I don't yeah. care about how they look. That don't matter to me. But the, the Kyrie's nice and like though. Kobe like nines or, or, or nines, nines and eights. Oh my God. Like I could just like hoop all day. Just just the comfiness. Like the steps, honestly, and guys are going to hate me for this one. Steps I tore a knee playing with the <laughs> with the, with the first steps. They're not my favorite shoes. Oh, uh, wow. Go
4: I, I don't think it's about the sneaker that you're wearing. I mean, obviously, it'll give you, you know, nightmares about the silhouette and saying, oh man, this shoe was totally bad because I, I had a bad ankle sprain in the. Uh, uh, nike 2k4s harachi oh. 2k4s right oh, okay. and i written that shoe off and i was like that's unfair to the brand because a lot of people <laughs> used to link uh torn acl and meniscus to uh, adidas you know right. what i mean yeah, and now it's like oh. and, all, so, yeah. and now dame four is one of the best shoes out you know what i mean as far as comfort and and look and, and a lot of shoes you know what i mean like the pg1 is great as well the pg2 is getting ready to release they're doing a collab with playstation so um Ooh. you know it's a lot it's a lot of things. I think it's not about the brand. I think it's just freak accidents and stuff that happens. Um, you know, unfortunately. Um, but yeah.
1: Trey get me back on the Steph hype on the shoe game. So I'll be back. Oh, it yeah, doesn't take much Listen, for me, man.
4: First of all, the curry the curry four low is an amazing shoe. It's an amazing shoe. First of all, I love the calls that he's uh giving back to. And then also that shoe is nice with a good jogger, and then it's also nice with uh, you know what I mean, like on the court. I like low top shoes. and It reminds me of, you know, what I mean, playing like one of my, uh, one of my idols, Steve Nash. So um, he always wore low shoes. Steve Nash, and, one of my favorite. Technology-wise, too, it frees up the ball of your ankle. Most people used to think, oh, I don't wear low top shoes, because I'm gonna roll my ankle. No, you need the, the 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 movement of your ankle to move around. And I don't understand why Steph, Steph likes his shoes so high. He doesn't understand. <laughs> like all the ankle brace shit You're going to roll your you're, uh, You know what I mean Like he, he was still rolling an ankle With ankle braces and all that shit And people are like how uh, Yeah you still can roll your ankle with that It's not he about wears, like it's the like, thickest ankle motion. brace
2: ever Yeah seen. it is Absolutely.
4: Oh my god It's, and... it's terrible I honestly think it's all
2: I think it's all mental too With the sneaker Like my thing is I, You're probably right 90% of it doesn't really make a difference If it fits you right It fits you right But it's like If you feel confident in it You're less likely to you're more likely to play confident, and then you're not. Then you're not going to put yourself in as many situations where you can roll something or hurt something. So it's well, really yeah, it's all just mental.
4: you know we've been brainwashed since we were children. You know, what I yeah. mean, as far as seeing the greatest right. athletes wearing the orange box, the Nikes, right? And you think like, okay, I wear Jordans, I'm gonna play like Jordan. I wear Bo Jacksons, I'm gonna play like Bo Jackson. I wear Dion's, I'm gonna play like Dion. And we've been created in this scenario where you know competitors, where it went to like it had to be a stylish shoe for you to pick it up. You know, what I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, I mean, as you get older, you don't look at it as performance as a kid, you see it and you think you're going to actually play like that person. So, <laughs> you know, the psychology of it is something you constantly see and you want, even if you trash like the new shoes that you're like, oh, the Balenciaga triple S. If you continue to see those shoes, you tend to want them.
2: Yeah, but it's no different than anything else. Like, you you know, you're trying to go out and meet someone that night. You want to wear something that makes you feel really confident, too. And all of a sudden you think like, oh, it's because I wore this really cool shirt that she was into <laughs> me. But like, really, it's just because you were putting out a probably more positive energy. You weren't you weren't thinking about everything. Probably more drinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's crazy. Go back a little bit. That was crazy because um the thing with steph was the kids love that is the kids i know i was teaching a little bit you know last year too we're in the bay it's Um,
2: it's a little biased like every kid's gonna just it. right
1: (laughs) no but but no but the thing is like they always were like they're always hey we're practicing the shot i can just be like steph when i grow up that's always been a thing to me that i wanted to riff on a little bit with other nba players because it's like if kids feel that way, like, hey, I can just be like him going up because all I need to do is practice my handle and I could jack up a three from 28, like, I'm just going to be like the guy that won MVP a couple times, right? And even yeah, Steph well, has told us.
3: Steph,
4: Steph makes it yeah. realistic. And that's the thing. It's more realistic. It's guys that's 5'8, five, 5'7. Five, they, they know that they're never going to dunk, but you always can chuck a three up and get good with a three point shot. You know what I mean? And he shows, you know what I mean, to kids and other teens that really don't follow up on measurements. And think right. how tall Steph is. Steph really is like six one, six three is a given. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like six one, and you know what I mean he's he's he has very long ass arms, and he shoots very high. Like when he, the the like the, the diameter of how his shot goes in, it's like falling into a hula hoop, and that's why he gets the splash. You know what I mean? He puts enough rotation on it, and a lot of people don't look at it that way. But yeah, he shoots really, really high. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 kind of like that uh being a six-year-old and trying to shoot a bigger ball and shooting from me he shoots like that still but you know respectively one of the greatest shooters of all time in my eyes and i gotta watch a lot of shooters Ooh,
1: well you're breaking up over there i think unless that's me sam but Can um you hear
2: me now no you you guys are both good all
1: right okay okay well one of the greatest shooters of all time uh-oh we might have to start
2: a dialogue <laughs> Well, who else on that list? That's that's the follow-up question.
4: Uh, so I'm going to say, uh, I don't want to put this in order, but I'm going to say Kyle Korver, uh, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Dale Ellis, um, uh, Allen Houston, Uh, I don't know it's debatable because it's so many in the 90s we had so many sharp shooters but also that's all they did they weren't like primary ball guys and that's what I was arguing about the other day a lot of people saying look at Steph shatter all these records the three point wasn't even that popular like that like it was like okay come in shoot three threes and go sub back out (laughs) you know what I mean like it was it was slasher dominant so um you know I, I think that's all I really got for you guys right now and Dale Curry you know Hershey Hawkins. you know, not going throw
2: Nash into there,
4: too? Uh, I, you know, statistically, yes, Steve Nash. But, I mean, I, I wasn't really – I mean, he did shoot a lot of threes, but I, I really liked Nash for keeping his dribble alive right. and, and setting guys up and being a great leader. You know what I mean? Like, I never thought the guy from Santa Clara would actually do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, I, I didn't get a chance to watch him at Santa Clara that much, you know what I mean, because I was young just like you guys. But – um seeing him with that Phoenix team and how they you know the seven seconds or less and setting up uh Sean Marion and Quinn Richardson and Joe Johnson that team was amazing
2: that might have been that's still the top three teams in terms of just like when they kind of broke through that it it was just total must-see TV and you found yourself trying to like find a way to watch every Suns game during that period and there's very few like I, I feel like the Warriors got that in right when they broke through in like fourteen, fifteen. Like at this point now, people are just kind of like, "Eh, wake me up if it's an important game." But those first couple of years, and yeah, the Nash uh-huh. Suns were definitely that way. Like, because no one was doing what they were doing when when they kind of, what was that like mid mid O's, like 05, 04 around that. Yeah, and it was just it was just so fun to watch. And they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we should um, we should get out of here. Uh, Trey, you got anything you want to plug, aside from the Nice Kicks
4: pod? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, tune in to Nice Kicks. Check out Wild Speaks. Check out the Basketball Friends. Obviously, check out Light Years. I'm definitely not going to shout out the chase down, but shout out to them also. <laughs> <laughs> that would be rude. Um, shout out to Sorted History. Um, make sure you check out every pod on uh, Leverage the Chat and continue to support us five-star rate and review hey, and uh thank you guys for having me on
1: for sure hey yo hit us up when you're at the next warriors game we go to too many home Absol- games and we
4: got we, absolutely. We spend too much time absolutely. together me i and love him. oakland um i'm always at Moa having dinner and uh Ooh, it's, it's like one of my favorite places great spot great music and Oakland so culture i also like the mediterranean truck right across the street from uh somar yes fire yeah. I'm so uh definitely going to give you guys a a holler next time i'm in the bay area um we'll definitely link up you know catch a game or so thanks again what's up man that's good all right bro again all right all right fellas